0: In the mid-19th century, the Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, wrote a series of essays addressing contemporary issues in church and culture of his day in order to bring biblical clarity to confused Christians. He described the issues of his day as knots on a rope that needed to be untied. While the issues may be different here in the 21st century, they are no less important or daunting. Carrying on the tradition, welcome. Welcome. Knots Untied. Well, welcome, my friends, to this the February twenty third edition of Knots Untied. I'm Gene Sherman, your host. It's been a while since we've been able to pull one of these together, so I'm glad to be back with you in the saddle. We are in a sermon series here at Christ Church of what it means to be an emotionally healthy. Disciple, meaning we might have some head knowledge, we might have some some good, be involved in church life and activities, but yet when it comes to bearing fruit, where it comes to relationships, uh, we know throughout church research that we're lacking. And so we are discussing what it means to be an emotionally healthy disciple. And so in a review... Over the last month and a half, we started off with the person of Saul, recognizing what discipleship doesn't look like, in that he is profession only. If he had lived in our day, he would have been baptized, he would have been confirmed, he would have learned some basic Bible knowledge as well as the creeds and what have you, been a good church kid, and yet there was no substance because he went not out of a conviction, but because his mom and dad made him or mom and dad wanted him to. And therefore, when he grew into adulthood, he fell away. That's what it would look like today. And Saul was empty profession. And as you know, through the story of First Samuel, it ends up an absolute tragedy, both for him and his son, Jonathan, as well as the nation at that time. So then we took a turn and we said, well, okay, what does discipleship look like? Well, we first started looking at the person of David. And we learn through David that as, as a Christian, as, as a person who follows Christ, our identity is in him, not in what the world tells us, not in what our flesh tells us, and not what our, the spiritual battle that we, we wrestle with in wrestling with uh, the spiritual world. We listen to what the Lord has to say, and therefore the battle is the Lord's day by day by day by day and then we learned from Joseph in week 3 that you know our our past doesn't define us no matter how hard that our past was and for some of you listeners it was it was difficult and it was horrific but even that past doesn't define who you are in Jesus Christ and so therefore what they meant for evil, God meant it for good, so that you may go forth and be a blessing. That's overly simplistic, I know. And we're going to get into that in relationships, but, and that takes years and years. And this is all a sanctification issue. You know, sanctification meaning we're set apart for the glory of God and to be a blessing to one another in God's church as well as the world. Then we learned that as we walk this walk in this way with this new identity in Christ, recognizing that we have gifts to offer, we run into walls. The walls of life are the, the dark nights of the soul. And they're no fault of ourselves, whether it's through a sickness of ourselves or a loved one or a death of a loved one or death of a friend or a divorce or a loss of job, we all go through such things at one time or another in our lives, and God allows and or creates it for us in order that we may know him and follow him and use that as, again, to be a blessing to others along the way. With that in mind, we recognize that our Lord Jesus had the greatest wall of all and that he went to the cross for us, and he drank that cup of God's wrath, his 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 settled control anger toward all that is wrong in the world. In the Garden of Gethsemane where he swept blood and he prayed this prayer, not my will, but yours be done. And as we too go into our walls and we are in our walls of life and we pray, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. God enters in and is with us and can carry us through the wall. So then we started to look at well, okay, now that we know these things and this is reality in order for us to be emotionally healthy disciples of Jesus, well, we started to discover the rhythm of our personal worship time is the term I use in the prayer book. It's called the daily office. And to every day set aside some time intentionally through the word of God. You take some time in silence just to to quiet your heart and your mind for a second, asking the Lord first. Maybe you take a minute of silence, just to you breathe in deep and you breathe out. The breath prayer is as Pete casero says, and you as you breathe in, you say, Lord Jesus, breathe out, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And then while you're in this moment of silence, Lord, it's it's me and you. And then after a little bit, Lord, it's you and me and then after a little while lord it's all about you and then you enter into a time of adoration confession thanksgiving and prayer uh through the word you know and so that that's what it looks like in beginning to to really know the lord through who he is in the Word. and as you do this day after day after day after day, you'll find your affections changed. What you used to love, you no longer love. you know and now what you uh, didn't used to love, you do love now and it's it's just an amazing transformation as you're day by day in the Word of God and we have so many resources to recommend to you. You've heard me talk about them. Nonstop over the past few weeks because we've been using the Day by Day by Pete Scazzaro. And this upcoming Sunday is the last Sunday for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality because next we're going to be going into a week from this Sunday, Emotionally Healthy Relationships, which is really David and Carol Ball's Christian Listening course, which they offer. And so I want to encourage everybody when they're able to offer it again to take that, but we're going to spend eight weeks and how do we love others well. Because this is what emotionally healthy people do, is that they're they're able to love others well. And their identity, because it's grounded in the gospel and grounded in Christ, are able to thrive within it. So having said all that, okay, so we, we're committed to the rhythm of personal worship, daily office, morning and midday, morning and evening, morning and Compline or a night prayer, or maybe it's midday and night prayer, whatever combination it is, but you're setting aside some time intentionally to open up the word of God and go into a time of prayer together. Other resources that we're recommending this season, I encourage you, if you if you have yet to choose one, we're also doing An Ocean of Grace by Tim Chester from The Good Book Company. You can go to Amazon or Christian Book and get it very, very quickly. We encourage you to do that as well as uh, we have one copy left of last year's, you know, because we hit COVID in the middle, you know, as Lent was really beginning last year. And uh, we had tons of copies left of uh, Tim Chester's Journey to the Cross, Reflections on Isaiah 52 and 53, which are amazing passages, you know, recognizing the suffering servant, the servant songs of Isaiah. And so we have a copy of that. One more copy. It's free. You can take it uh, when you come uh, to Anchor Church, on the North Side, where we're worshiping on Sundays. And we have one more copy of Trinity School for Ministries uh, daily devotional, which is based on the daily lectionary through Lent, based out of the 2019 prayer book. We also. Again, are going to start the emotionally healthy relationships, and there'll be a day by day with that as well. So go ahead and order it if you're that's what you're working with with us, um, because this is going to be a good Lenten study as well. And if you're like me, you know, I, I kind of do a couple of them, you know, just to just to keep my my not only my feet in the water, but just to ground myself in the Word of God outside the sermon material. It's important for me to be outside of what I'm preaching on Sunday. So that uh, I'm growing and and learning new things about the Lord. It's a lifelong journey, and I want to reach out to our parents and just remind them: this is what Christianity is. It's it's you're not going to learn it overnight, and so that's why we got to constantly teach our kids personal worship, sing songs with your kids, the hymnities, the, the the contemporary songs that we sing, the breadth of Christian music, because like a language, it's it's taught and caught and that's what we do in god's kingdom together and so as you discover the rhythm of personal worship you also discover the rhythm of weekly sabbath rest so i want to ask you this question what's the highlight of your week most people in our culture would say you know friday night saturday night is the highlight of the week, or Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, four o'clock, or eight o'clock kickoff? Whatever football team they're, they're or sport that they're into. God's people are different. We've always been always been a people set apart. There's something different about God's people, and as God's people, according to the Word of God, the highlight of the Christian's week is. The weekly Sabbath rest. And for Christians, for 95% of us, that's Sunday. And so, what happens on Sundays? What do we do? How do we take a Sabbath rest? The word Sabbath means to cease. So, we cease from our work. Number one, we know throughout Scripture that God's people always gather together to worship the Lord through His word in song. And to hear the word read and preached so that we might know him and follow him with more wholehearted devotion with each passing week. And having said that, uh, we also take time to minister to one another as their needs as well as to others as there are needs. And that's what the Lord's day is. Now, for, for me, my Sabbath unto the Lord is Fridays. And so Friday, I, I sleep in a little bit typically uh have an sort of extended time of, of personal worship time, uh, work out, and then uh, just make sure my day is unto the Lord. Um, and then I you know, do something restful. Uh, I might do some work around the house that I enjoy doing. But if it's taxing to me, I try not to do it on a Friday because that is my day unto the Lord. Well, I want to encourage you on you when's your day unto the lord because it's the lord's day the reformers called it it's not your day it's the lord's day and therefore as we discover a weekly habit of setting aside time and it's going to take you probably a good half a day to prepare for sundays so on saturday be intentional set aside time to do your errands do some shopping uh Gather everything you need to gather so that on Saturday night you lay the kids' clothes out and uh, there's no scrambling on Sunday mornings as best as you can. And it's never going to be perfect, trust me. But we are able to uh, get to the the assembly on time with prepared hearts to receive what the Lord would have for us through his word preached, the word read, uh, the word sung, And participating in receiving the Lord's Supper. And then as you're walking away, you you ask yourself as a family, uh, we used to do this, and this was based on a book from Karen Burton Maines called Making Sunday Special. When our kids were little, we would do what's called the God Hunt. As we came to church, we said, all right, guys, we're going on the God hunt. We're going to look for how the Lord's speaking to us. And we're also going to look at how the Lord gives us opportunities to speak through us to others, to minister to others, at, right at the church, right there. And so that was a question we asked at Sunday dinner, which was always a light, a light meal for us because we don't want Kim working on Sundays. Uh, we would ask the kids, how did God speak to you? How did God speak through you? And so it was wonderful conversations. And some days it was better than others. Uh, the Shermans are as human as any family around here. But my, I want to encourage everybody to consider this as a regular practice of Sabbath rest. Because what we do is we cram it full of recreations that are good in and of themselves. We cram it full of sports which are good in and of themselves. But it's taking the place of gathering with assembly, meeting the needs of others. And we bought into our culture's idea that I can do the Christian life the way I want to and nobody can tell me what to do. And quite frankly, does God reign or does he not? And so I wanted to reach out to all our listenership and encourage you to look to the word and discover the daily habit, of personal worship twice a day, known as the daily office, and two, a weekly Sabbath rest. To rest and whatever is recreational for you, do it. Uh, I met a guy this week who, who consistently will go to the assembly on Sunday and during the spring and summer. Uh, he has a one o'clock or two o'clock tea time because he loves to be out in God's creation playing golf. Well, if you're doing it unto the Lord, all right, good if you're gambling away all your money that that could be a problem so, so how do you keep it unto the lord is the key but it was, it was it was really fun to talk to him for me i mean obviously sunday's a work day for me and even when i was teaching and coaching uh sunday afternoons was a time to you know have a nice meal we're together and rest. And I took a nap. you know, always have taken a nap and I continue to do so today. And I want to encourage you is what's the highlight of your week? And so therefore take Sunday as the highlight of week and take Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and think to yourself, Lord, speak to us. you know show us your glory. Uh, work in and through us as your people. And then like I said, on Saturday, Take a half a day to make sure you're prepared. All the clothes are laid out. Everything is ready to go. And then on sundown on Saturday, the rest day has begun. The ceasing day has begun. And you can rest in him. Gather together on Sunday. Let the Lord speak to you and through you to others here in the Christ Church community. Or if you're not in Christ Church, whatever church community you're part of. And then do works of mercy. You know, any time, any need, sometimes is working through you is a work of mercy, and so just seeking the Lord in this way, we will be transformed. And so last week we spoke about the importance of just merely growing up in the Lord, and we looked at the Good Samaritan, meaning that we 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 are people who love others well, we love the Lord well, and we love others well. And we looked at the model of the Good Samaritan as a way of just meeting the need. This guy is beaten up by the road and he got down and and served this person and didn't box God in and say, well, I'll only serve a certain kind of person. But he served that person and served him well. May we be as such as we seek to follow him. And that's where we are at Christ Church. We're looking at serving well going forward together as god's people so with that in mind this upcoming sunday we're going to look at the the early church in the book of acts as they developed a lifestyle of worship you know being in god's word gathering together in fellowship committed to being people of prayer as a rule of life. It's just, that's what the ancient church called it. It was a way of life that was captivating to the culture around it. And that's what we saw last week, right? We saw the Roman emperor Julian saying, you know, these people that they don't just care for their own. They care for everybody else too. And as we recapture that in our culture, maybe the Lord will bring his revival that we've all been praying for. Genuine renewal. We've all, many of us have been praying for that over the past few years. And I want to uh, recommend to you to continue to seek the Lord with that. And if it's delayed, why? Is there something in us, Lord? Maybe this is the why. Maybe it's because we've been on the treadmill of suburban life thinking we're doing good things. And we are. There are good things, but they're not the best things. So let's reach out. Let's meet the needs of our neighbors. If you're, if we have another snowstorm, shovel your neighbor's driveway. Shovel their sidewalks, whatever it might be. If you've got a snowblower, use it um, and, and, and bless people. Check in on your, your, your elderly neighbors because many uh, of our elderly neighbors are so isolated right now. And it's important that the church, the Christian church, reach out to them. And so in closing, my friends, we're, we're wrapping up this season of loving the Lord. How are you doing here? I want to encourage you that if you missed any of the sermons, you can go back to our, our, our sermon podcast. Okay, this is the Christ Church West Shore Sermons. And uh, just subscribe. And you can go back and you can listen to any of them uh, right there on iTunes. You can also find them on SoundCloud on the the web. And so go to our website. You'll see all our sermons there. And just listen to them, open up your Bible, and let's continue to dig deep in how we might be emotionally healthy. So that when, uh, as we've been discussing this week, when we meet with people and we have relationships with people, we don't have them, our expectations of them are realistic. That we don't read their minds or think they know can read our minds. And therefore, expectations are realistic, expectations are stated, expectations are uh, fair to both parties. And we're just emotionally healthy. And so we're walking this journey. Uh, I've had a lot of people come to me over the last week and a half just say, this, this series, both in the sermons and those of us who are in the little churches that are focusing on this study, it is changing lives. So I want to encourage you. Dig deep. If you're not in a study with us, uh, hop in when we start loving others well. You can get caught up in the loving the Lord well, but you need to love the Lord well so you can love others well. But it's never too late uh, to love well, and that's what we're going to be about this week. And so on Sunday, eight o'clock, nine thirty, or eleven fifteen at Christ Church, we have eight o'clock Holy Communion service at nine thirty and eleven fifteen. It's it's a, a succinct morning prayer with our communion liturgy and for Advent, or excuse me, for Lent rather. We are uh, using the 1552 prayer book liturgy in the hopes that we just don't get in a rut. We don't, we don't listen to the words of the liturgy in vain repetition, if you will. We're, we're hearing them. We're engaged with it. So we just change it for the next six weeks to this as we sing, Lord have mercy, Kyrie eleison, and we recognize our need for a great Savior whom God has provided for us in Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, my friends, I will see you this Sunday. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at Christchurchwestshore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch Shore. God bless.